Welcome to the house of the Lord once again. If you have your Bibles, would you open up to the book of Ezekiel, chapter 36. Ezekiel 36, verses 24 to 27. For I will take you from among the heathen and gather you out of all countries and will bring you into your own land. Then will I sprinkle clean water upon you, and ye shall be clean. From all your filthiness and from all your idols will I cleanse you. A new heart also will I give you, and a new spirit will I put within you. And I will take away the stony heart out of your flesh, and I will give you a heart of flesh. And I'll put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes, and ye shall keep my judgments and do them. The Voice Bible reads, I will take you away from the nations, gather you from all the foreign soils, and bring you back to your own land. I will sprinkle you with clean water, and you will be clean. I will wash away all of your dirtiness and you'll be clean and pure, free from the taint of idols. I will plant a new heart and a new spirit inside of you. I will take out your stubborn, stony heart and give you a willing, tender heart of flesh. And I'll put my spirit inside of you and inspire you to live by my statutes and follow my laws. The workings of God. Where would we be without the workings of God? Who would we be without the workings of God? We read his words here, for I will take you from among the heathen. The Lord is in the business of rescuing people. Salvation is his heart. Redemption is his heart. Restoration is his heart. Reconciliation is his heart. He is Savior. For a fallen world, for fallen people, fallen countries, fallen nations, Revelation 7, verses 9 and 10, I looked and behold, a great multitude, which no one could number, of all nations, tribes, peoples, and tongues, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed with white robes, with palm branches in their hands, and crying out with a loud voice, saying, Salvation belongs to our God, who sits on the throne, and to the Lamb. Red, yellow, black, and white, all precious in his sight. You see, he has taken us from among the heathen. He has gathered us from all nations, and he has brought us into our own land. The workings of our God. He declares that I will sprinkle clean water upon you, and ye shall be clean. What do we need to be cleansed of? 
all our filthiness, and from all our idols. The NLV version reads, Then I will put clean water on you, and you will be clean. I will make you clean from all your unclean ways and from all your false gods. The New Living Translation, then I will sprinkle clean water on you and you will be clean. Your filth will be washed away and you will no longer worship idols. We need the cleansing of the Lord. No matter how clean we try and make ourselves, it will never be enough. We understand that even our righteousness is as filthy rags. Our iniquities like the wind have taken us away. The Lord says you shall be clean, cleansed from our unclean ways and cleansed from our idol worship. Now, we don't worship idols. We don't worship statues and images of iron and stone. We don't worship creatures in creation. In many parts of the world, idol worship is blatant and obvious. I've been to foreign lands. I've been to places in the world, a place in the world I think of in particular where cattle are adorned and paraded around and their people present gifts and offerings. In the so-called sophisticated world, the enemy plays a smarter hand. Exodus 20, verses 3 to 5, Thou shalt have no other gods before me. Thou shalt not make unto thee any graven image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath, or that is in the water under the earth, thou shalt not bow down thyself to them, nor serve them. For I, the Lord thy God, am a jealous God. The voice Bible reads, you are not to serve any other gods before me. You are not to make any idol or image of other gods. In fact, you are not to make an image of anything in the heavens above or the earth below, or in the waters beneath. You are not to bow down and serve any image, for I, the eternal, your God, am a jealous God. The message paraphrase reads, no other gods, only me. No carved gods of any size, shape, or form of anything whatever, whether of things that fly or walk or swim. Don't bow down to them and don't serve them. Because I am God, you're God, and I'm a most jealous God. I wonder, have we carved out any gods? In our sophisticated world, our sophisticated society, have we carved out any gods? of any shape, any size, any form, of anything whatever, of things of sky or earth or sea? Are there any carved out things that we are bowing to, serving? Christians don't bow down to idols. They don't serve idols. 
we would say. I share these words with you, the words of David Wilkerson. Moses said unto the people, fear not, for God has come to prove you, and that his fear may be before your faces, that ye sin not. Exodus 20, verse 20. Ye shall walk in all the ways which the Lord your God hath commanded you, that ye may live, and that it may be well with you, and that ye may prolong your days in the land which ye shall possess, Deuteronomy 5, 33. Moses said, in essence, God isn't mad at you. That's not what this majestic experience is all about. No, he wants to empower you with his awesome fear. He's trying to build, trying to build into you a powerful weapon, and he's doing it so that you can live victoriously all the days of your life. He continues, then came some of the strangest logic in the Bible. These leaders said to Moses, we have seen this day that God doth talk with man and he liveth. Now therefore, why should we die? For this great fire will consume us if we hear the voice of the Lord our God any more than we shall die. For who is there of all flesh that has heard the voice of the living God speaking out of the midst of the fire as we have and lived? Deuteronomy 5, 24 to 26. And so they told Moses, we know we can hear God speak out of the fire and survive. Yet, if we have to sit under his direct, pure, holy voice, we will be consumed. Why should we die? Of all people in the world, we're the ones who've heard God's voice and lived. The Lord then gave us a clue about what was really happening. Oh, that there was such an heart in them that they would fear me and keep all my commandments always, that it might be well with them and with their children, verse 29. You see, they were giving God honor with their lips, but their hearts were far from him. To quote Isaiah, this people draw near me with their mouth and with their lips do honor me. But they have removed their heart far from me. And their fear toward me is taught by the precept of men. Isaiah 29, 13. The Israelites were so devoted to their little golden images that nothing could keep them from idolatrous worship. They finally even ignored the audible voice of God and all its holiness and majesty. When Israel's leaders said, we need a softer message, otherwise we'll die. How right they were. Anytime you sit under Holy Ghost preaching, hearing God's anointed convicting word, you're surely going to die. That is, you will die to your sins. Ezekiel 36, 25, I will sprinkle clean water on you and you shall be clean. I will cleanse you from all your filthiness and from all your idols. We so desperately need the workings of God. The work that only he can accomplish. And the Lord declares, I will plant a new heart and spirit inside of you. Ezekiel 36, 26, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you. I will take the heart of stone out of your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. 
The voice Bible reads, I will plant a new heart and spirit inside of you. I will take out your stubborn, stony heart and give you a willing, tender heart of flesh. The truth is, it's a work that only the Lord can complete. The hardness of the heart, the hardest of hearts, it's a work that only he can complete. Charles Spurgeon, the tenderness here intended is absent in the unregenerate. They frequently have a natural sensitiveness. Some persons who are not converted are very tender indeed. As mothers to their children, as fathers to their offspring, as friends to friends. And God forbid that we should say anything amiss concerning that which is good in human nature after its kind. But that is widely different from the spiritually tender heart. He continues, in all unregenerate men, there is a lack of real spiritual tenderness, of which I have to speak. Though all are not equally hardened, in all, for instance, there is a natural stoniness of heart. This world is a petrifying spring, and all who are of the world are being petrified in its stream, and so are growing harder and harder as the years roll on. Is it true? And these words, moreover, men harden themselves by their own sins. Every time a man sins, it becomes more easy for him to sin again. Like a stone falling, sin gains impetus and increased velocity. The man who sins once has a stronger tendency to sin again. And there are some sins which almost necessitate a succession of sins. Think about it today. The man who lies, for instance, thinks he must lie a second time to conceal the first. And some transgressions which root themselves in the flesh breed a hunger and thirst for the sin, so that the flesh craves to be indulged again. And those who cannot bridle their passions are thus carried away by them with great force. As labor renders the hand hard, so sin makes the heart callous. And each sin makes the stony heart yet more like adamant. What else? Hardens the heart. A man prospers. There is nothing more hardening to the heart than long prosperity. Find me an ungodly man whose course has been one of perpetual gain, and you shall find me almost certainly a man who is ready to say unto the Lord, who is Jehovah that I should obey his voice? Pride is often begotten of fullness of bread. If the man had known what want is, he might perhaps have been humbled before God. But now he boasteth in his broad acres, in his large estates. And like Nebuchadnezzar, he saith, Behold this great Babylon that I have builded. It is also a dangerous thing to be for many years in good health without a sickness. This also hardens a man. 
The sickness which brings to the borders of the grave is often sanctified to the breaking of the heart. But to be without ache or pain for a long time is so far from being a blessing from God to the wicked that I scarcely know anything which may turn out to be a greater curse to an ungodly man. Never chastened, then you are no child. Left to find pleasure in sin, then surely it must be that God will let you have what pleasure you may in this world because he knows a terrible future awaits you. O soul in prosperity, disturb thyself, for thou art in solemn danger. Hardness of heart will almost inevitably come upon thee. Thou art at ease from thy youth. Thou hast not been emptied from vessel to vessel. Therefore thy scent remaineth in thee, and that scent is pride and carnal security. We need the workings of God. We need the work of God. Because the truth is this, a heart of flesh is a boon of sovereign grace, a blessing, a godsend. And it is always the result of divine power. No heart of stone has ever turned into flesh by accident, nor by mere providential dispensations, nor by human persuasions. You might argue with the rock for a long time before you would persuade it into flesh. Neither is such a change wrought by man's own actions. How shall a stone, being a stone, produce in itself flesh? A power from above the man must work upon him. According to the language of the scriptures, except a man be born from above, he cannot see the kingdom of God. The Spirit of God, is, the Spirit of God must change the nature, or the heart of stone will never become a heart of flesh. We need the workings of God to take out this heart of stone. Then I thought about the believer, all of us. What if the heart, the heart of flesh, becomes unclean? Because of carelessness, waywardness, iniquity, unrighteousness? Or is it that the heart gets hard not by the things we are doing, but by the things we aren't doing. You know, I can't help but think of David in Psalm 51. We know this scripture well. Those of us that have taken in the word of God and been around for years and years, we understand what took place. Psalm 51, verses 10 and 11, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me away from your presence and do not take your Holy Spirit from me. The Passion Translation reads, For I'm so ashamed. I feel such pain and anguish within me. I can't get away from the sting of my sin against you, Lord. Everything I did, I did right in front of you, for you saw it all. Against you and you above all have I sinned. Everything you say to me is infallibly true, and your judgment conquers me. Lord, I've been a sinner from birth. From the moment my mother conceived me, 
I know that you delight to set your truth deep in my spirit. So come into the hidden places of my heart and teach me wisdom. Purify my conscience. Make this leper clean again. Wash me in your love until I am pure in heart. Satisfy me with your sweetness and my song of joy will return. The places you have crushed within me will rejoice in your healing touch. Hide my sins from your face. Erase all my guilt by your saving grace. Keep creating in me a clean heart. Fill me with pure thoughts and holy desires ready to please you. May you never reject me. May you never take from me your sacred spirit. You know, here is a man crying out for the workings of God. A believer that got caught up in iniquity. A believer who fell to his own trap. Verses 14 to 17, O God, my saving God, deliver me fully from every sin, even the sin that brought blood guilt. Then my heart will once again be thrilled to sing the passionate songs of joy and deliverance. Lord God, unlock my heart, unlock my lips, and I will overcome with my joyous praise. For the source of your pleasure is not in my performance or the sacrifices I might offer to you. The fountain of your pleasure is found in the sacrifice of my shattered heart before you. You will not despise my tenderness as I bow humbly at your feet. The workings of God. I will put my spirit within you Ezekiel 36, verse 27, I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes, and you will keep my judgments and do them. The Voice Bible, I will put my spirit inside of you and inspire you to live by my statutes and follow my laws. Where would we be without the inspiration of the Spirit of God? Where would you be without the inspiration of the Spirit of God? The Spirit that causes us to walk in His statutes. The Spirit that leads us into all truth. These are the workings of God and the constant cry of our hearts is cast us not away from thy presence, Lord. Cast us not away from thy presence and take not thy Holy Spirit from us. Listen, people of God, the truth is this. Our own might fails us. Our own power fails us. For it is not by might nor by power, but it is by his spirit. And I declare to the church today, to every single one of us, we need, we need the inspiration of the spirit of God. And the Lord has said, I will put my spirit within you. His spirit is alive within the believer. Oh, that we might walk in his statutes and keep his judgments and do them. You can have the worship team return today. Psalm 19, verses 9 and 10. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold, yea, than much fine gold, 
Sweeter also than honey in the honeycomb. What does it say in Ezekiel 18? Ezekiel 18, verse 9. If he has walked in my statutes and kept my judgments faithfully, he is just. He shall surely live, saith the Lord God, says the Lord God. Crying out for the workings of God in our own life. I want to read a scripture to you today, and I trust we can receive the words of the Lord and receive this as a prophetic declaration over this house today, for these words are alive. Leviticus 26, beginning at verse 3, if you walk in my statutes and keep my commandments and perform them, then I will give you rain in its season. The land shall yield its produce and the trees of the field shall yield their fruit. Your threshing shall last till the time of vintage, and the vintage shall last till the time of sowing. You shall eat your bread to the full and dwell in your land safely. I will give peace in the land, and you shall lie down, and none will make you afraid. I will rid the land of evil beasts, and the sword will not go through your land. You will chase your enemies, and they shall fall by the sword before you. Five of you, five. Five of you shall chase a hundred. I wonder if we believe the word of the Lord today. And a hundred of you shall put 10,000 to flight. Take God at his word today. Your enemies shall fall by the sword before you, for I will look on you favorably and make you fruitful, multiply you and confirm my covenant with you. You shall eat the old harvest and clear out the old because of the new. I will set my tabernacle among you and my soul shall not abhor you. I will walk among you and be your God and you shall be my people. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt and you shall not be their slaves. I have broken the bands of your yoke and made you walk upright. These are the workings of our God. Thank the Lord for the work that only he can accomplish, the work that only he can perform within us. Let's stand in this place today. I wonder if we could take a moment and begin to lift up praises for the workings of God. Thank Him for the work that He's accomplished in your own life. Thank Him that He's taken you and He's taken your family from among the heathen. He's gathered you out of all countries and He's brought you into your own land. Thank Him that He's sprinkled clean water upon you and that you are clean. Thank him that he's cleansed you from filthiness and from all your idols. Thank him for that new heart that he's given you and the new spirit that he's put within you. Thank him that he's taken away the stony heart out of your flesh and he's given you a heart of flesh. Thank him that he's put his spirit within you and he's causing you, he's causing you and will continue to cause you to walk in his statutes that you will keep his judgments and do them. We thank you, Lord, for the work that you've accomplished in us and that you're continuing to perform. Cry out 
for the workings of God. Take the stony heart, O oh Lord. I need a spiritually tender heart. Perhaps the cry needs to be today, one that's directed, directed to self. Let me disturb myself. Lord, let your power work upon us mightily. Let your power work within us mightily, O oh Lord. Thank you for the workings, the workings of God.